We're once again very thankful to be joined by Illinois State Representative Dr. Paul Jacobs. Representative, thanks for the time. Oh, gosh, it's always a pleasure, Will. I, I, you know, we've been working together on a lot of things, and it's always a pleasure to do so. Well, to uh, visit with you today as the uh, session continues, I believe you're going back tomorrow. Yes, sir. They couldn't get it done on the 19th. They passed their deadline, and uh, we couldn't we couldn't get it done. So we were ready, but uh, you know, they, they, they're, they're just not there yet. So in terms of the actual creation of the budget, Republicans have not been involved, have not seen any language to this point no none and, and you know and it's unfortunate because the senate leader um released a, a statement that they've been involved with the uh, uh budget discussions but i tell you what we've not had in the house we've not had one meeting uh that was substantial at, in the in the least and if it is a meeting they're telling you what they're going to do it doesn't ask you what your input is so i don't know if maybe they just got their uh, wires crossed out of the Senate and made a statement that was true, uh, or maybe they're having more luck at going into the governor's office and getting some information, but it's, it's a good uh, faith, transparent happening in the least, and uh, there's not been a Republican involved. I mean, uh, we've got uh, Noreen Hammond is our main negotiator, and she's not been in at all. So I, I don't know where the press is coming up with the idea that the Republicans are, are dragging their heels. Number one, in the House, we're two to one in votes, so I don't see how we could drag our heels when they can vote in whatever they want. One of the things that you've talked about in the past was a repurposing of TAM's correctional facility. Has there been any requests for funding to help that along, or is it too early to uh, make that type of request? Well, we're... We're hoping, I mean, we had it passed through the House, and it went to the Senate, and I'm pretty certain it's passed in the Senate, but I, I haven't seen anything more of it. I'm hoping, since they're bringing us back, uh, that we're still going to do some of the important bills that are really, really beneficial. Uh, but I, I, we, we're at a, at a standstill again, and I think that's that's pretty typical of the uh, the majority party, the supermajority party, just... They, they are not passing very many Republican bills, and I don't think that's the way government is supposed to work. And it is not the Republicans dragging their heels or not working with them. It's the complete opposite. And it's unfortunate because people in Illinois deserve a whole lot better than what we're getting. It's, 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 it's almost it's borderline sinful. One of the uh, bills that you mentioned as we were talking before the interview has something to do with uh, Asian carp, I think now being called copy and something uh, at Fort Defiance. Can you tell us about that? Yes, absolutely. We had a bill that uh, actually uh, uh, Natalie Phelps Feedy came up with and she went through the Senate with uh, uh, Senator Fowler and then I carried it in the House uh, and it's basically a simple sale of the old toll house. Many people have not been down to Fort Defiance, which which is amazing to me. It's it's just a cool place to go. But Fort Defiance has a place on the very north part of, of the fort, right by the bridge that goes into Kentucky, a, a building that's called the Toll House. And that was that was what, exactly what it was four years ago, from what I've been told. It was a toll building where you paid your toll to go across the bridge. So that, though, was decommissioned as a toll house in 1948. 
So we have been maintaining, the state has been maintaining that building in reasonably good repair for years, and we're trying to figure a way to get out of having to repair it. So what we've done is negotiated with a company called Two Rivers Fishery that processes kopi. Kopi is the name that we gave it on a bill last year. The Asian carp was renamed to Kopi because it's a more aesthetically pretty name. But at any rate, this company processes Kopi. It's going to mean about uh, probably as many as 30 jobs initially processing the fish. And I think it's an extremely great beneficial sale of a, a, a state property that we really don't need. Uh, and it's about 0.73 acres. It's less than three quarters of an acre. It's the building and a couple of parking spaces uh, for employees and for anybody that's dropping by. But I think it's going to be a, a, a good benefit. In Alexander County, we need we need to bring businesses in, and I think good, uh, substantially um, um, beneficial businesses are what we need to go for. And I think this this company has been around for a bit, and Kopi will do it'll do two things. It'll give us a little bit of employment down there, but it'll also help in. Uh, getting rid of the fish that is we're trying to keep it out of lake michigan and out of all the of all the lakes and this is one way to do it you eat them you get you catch them and eat them you know if you put a cost on them price on them they're going to be reduced and they just they're prolific breeders so it's a great win-win-win i think and uh, we we got it through the house unanimously we got it through the senate unanimously so it's now uh being uh, appraised and that that deal should go through uh to help that area i think it's great Dr. Paul Jacobs with us today. Another bill speaking about the sale of state property is a bill that would allow the Department of Natural Resources to explore entering into a public-private partnership for the amateur trap shooting uh, location in Sparta, the World Shooting Recreational Complex. I sort of understand that this isn't everything that the uh, bill sponsor wanted, but maybe it's a start. I, I agree. I, I, I have not um, I've not digested the whole bill as it was, I believe, amended in the Senate. Uh, we did. I, I sponsored it and it has gone through, but it isn't a complete thing. But, you know, right now we do have a from what I understand, it is a private public uh, ownership at this moment. It's just we want to expand it where we we could spend, I believe, less tax dollars and more private business and let the private businesses run it because I'm, I'm one of those people that still feels private businesses run businesses better than state or any kind of government, federal or state. So I, I think it's a good start. It's not going to be closed down if we can get a, a, a public, in, a, well, not a public, but a private entity in there. Um, that's still... A, a lot to be said. We'll have to wait and see what happens with it. But I, I think that's a pretty exciting move, too. We've got to do things to... to we've got to be creative and, and think, as they say, out of the box. And I, I think this is what was the intent of uh, uh, Representative Freeze. Is there a um, rumor, then, that the World Shooting Recreational Complex essentially is something that the state isn't that excited about operating or... What do you can you reveal anything about the real genesis of this conversation? I, I think that that's pretty much a statement that that I I, I wouldn't be able to uh, confirm or deny, as they say. But I think that's probably true. the The state is not that excited about continuing it, and if we can bring people that really know how to run these things in, I think we're going to be better off. Period. Um, 
and we don't. If anybody that has ever gone there, any of the sportsmen uh, that do shoot and have been there and see these kids and people, adult, everybody from all over uh, the United States coming in to our little area, and you know they're bringing very huge amounts of money and, and on tourism, and you know. With that in mind, anything that's going to take the state out of something to some degree and still allow a private entity to uh, do business, uh, it's, it's going to be a winner. I want to switch topics to another piece of legislation that passed the uh, Senate 37 to 16 and now is coming back to the House for a concurrence vote. And it's the idea of ending venue shopping for constitutional challenges and the background to this is that there were a number of challenges to the safety act that were heard in various counties in illinois and the rulings that were issued were not favorable to uh, the majority party and so now it seems that we've got a piece of legislation here that says that you can't challenge something constitutionally in the state of illinois unless you file it in Sangamon or Cook counties. That's correct. Uh, that's one of the things that. Number one, that's unconstitutional. And this is what the, this is what this this Senate and this House continue to do as the majority party. They continue to pass bills that, right on the front end, are unconstitutional, which requires individuals, Illinoisans, to go ahead and sue to show that they are unconstitutional. They are literally shopping uh, judges by saying, oh, no, it can only be in Sagamaw and Springfield or in, in Chicago. I mean, that's about the most ludicrous thing that I've ever heard. Uh, and that's the utmost in shopping. Uh, I mean, judicial shopping, it's, it's absolutely terrible. I think it's going to unfortunately pass. It, it's not going to pass um, with much Republican support or conservative support because it's a bad bill first and it's unconstitutional second so we'll probably have to take it to the Sagamon County Courts or to the Cook County Courts it's it's absolutely ludicrous that they would require the citizens of the state of Illinois not to be able to go to the courts in their in their areas I mean it's, it's absolutely insane why do we have district courts it doesn't make sense yeah so if I'm living in Cairo Illinois and I don't have a car and i need to file a challenge to my constitutional uh you know on behalf of my constitutional rights i've got to figure out a way to get to springfield to do that my local court the judge that i voted for and elected apparently isn't capable of hearing that case yeah isn't it pathetic they just null and void our our, our district court system and it was set up for that reason, so that you, as a citizen, you would be able to assess the courts and have your complaints heard more on a local basis. And there's no way you can, it's obviously it's going to decrease the number of lawsuits and that's what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it, it may not. I think that there are an awful lot of upset people that will do whatever they need to do to gain enough money and travel expenses and everything else they need to do uh, if it ends up we have to we have to challenge the law that makes us go to Sagamon County and to Cook County I mean it, it, it's laughable but it's so sad it's not laughable but I, I can't even believe that they come up with this stuff oh there's more <laughs> there's more I'll tell you 
Well, the conventional wisdom is that there will be a budget adopted this week. Do you um, align with that conventional wisdom? I think, you know, with with the 78 to 40 in the House, I don't understand how they are possibly not able to do it. If, though, they can't come up with the 60 votes that they need, how are they going to go after the 31st of this month and try to come up with 71 votes? So I think that you're correct. It's going to be uh, done, and there's going to be so many things in there that we just can't can't do. And we don't know what we don't know what's in there unless the Senate has finally gotten some some information. I have not seen any information uh, uh, in, in my email or phone calls or anything else. Uh, some of the stuff that's in there is, is a, it's a they're just poison pills. They all have some really good stuff, and then they just put the poison pills in there. I mean, the one thing that really is irritating is the the uh, illegal aliens from uh, 19 years of age to 42, I believe, uh, will be covered by Medicaid, and they're not citizens yet. Our citizens can't. Our citizens of Illinois can't get coverage. I, I don't understand quite how that's going to be. In this case, I think they've already spent 1.1 billion dollars uh, on it this year on the ones that are below 18 and above 43, I think. Um, so, and I know that it's not fair to the rest of the minorities. I don't think that the, um, that the African-American community or Asian community or any other community, since they're not included in it, how, how can that even be constitutional? I mean, it, they, they come up with things that are just, if not unconstitutional, just don't make any sense. There's no common sense that's involved. I mean, if you're going to have minority increase in minority coverages, then you need to increase minority coverage on everybody. And we can't afford that. Uh, so they, they're picking and choosing the illegal. And I, you know, uh, or as, as they want us to use undocumented, but I, you know, it's still illegal. As you come across that border, if you're illegal, it's, that's the way it is. So we need to fix the border. We need to make it where you can go through and, and get your citizenship. Uh, maybe easier than what it has been in the past, and and just change that around. We don't need to have the open border and then having all the people moving into Chicago and throughout the state because we're a sanctuary city or sanctuary state. And then the thing that they're not thinking of is all of the folks that will move here because of the Medicaid coverage. Uh, That's going to increase the number of people they think that they're going to cover. So it's there's just many things in that budget that that's one. I'm sure it's in there. If it's out of there, well, then that, may, that will create something a little bit different opinion. But uh, the things that I've heard are, that are in there are not good. And even the, even my Democrat friends that I know that they said they, they're saying the same thing. They don't even know what's in it. So I don't see how anybody could say the Republicans know what that they've been included in it when even the Democrats haven't been included in it. Well, when you talk about the illegal health care expansion, for illegal immigrants, undocumented workers, uh, you know, fill in the blank how you want to describe it. The thing that really gets me is that there's been an enormous push to get an increase in the reimbursement rate for Medicaid and I assume this sort of like Medicaid-style program because healthcare providers are, you know, ringing a bell saying we don't have the people, the resources the finances to continue to administer quality health care to a payer mix that is a high percentage Medicaid, but yet we're going to expand this Medicaid-style program. So 
as I mentioned yesterday, a five-gallon bucket holds five gallons worth of water. There's only a limited amount of health care, doctor, that a, you know, individual hospital can provide. And if you're going to flood the market with undocumented immigrants, um, how is simply the question is, can the medical providers provide that care? Short answer is no. There's a caveat to that, too. The hospitals have had 28 years where they have not increased Medicaid payments to the hospitals. 28 years. And they. it looks like that may end up being in the budget, but how are you going to pay for that and add the illegal, undocumented folks? How's that going to happen? I have estimates from hospital administrators, and maybe we're a little bit more privy to, uh, as, as an optometric physician, maybe I'm a little bit more privy to, to speaking with some of the administrators, and they, they understand that I understand their language, et cetera. But they're really worried that, that as many as 40% of the hospitals will be closing. So uh, there is a lot of concern that we better be concerned about. And I think a 28-year long period of not increasing the Medicaid payments to the hospitals uh, could be an indication indicator of why they're not going to be able to make it. And then if you add on the additional, my goodness gracious, what are they supposed to do? <laughs> we need to really look at it and spend our money in the correct spots and we're not doing it. Uh, there may be some other really exciting things that are coming through that budget that we'll point out after we get it um, that are just as, as uh, just as terrible as what some of these things are doing and put in there and i can't understand why would they even consider some of these things you know i mean it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense well because they're politically popular on the front end yeah yeah right up until everybody goes out of business <laughs> right so dr paul jacobs illinois state representative has been our guest today representative anything else you want to mention that i wouldn't have known to ask about well, I think just keep the faith. Uh, you know, God bless Illinois. God bless the United States of America. We need it. Uh, we need the prayers for all of our, our, our um, representatives and senators, federal level, state level, and every state. Um, I think that we're maybe at a, a point that we're uh, hopefully going to begin to change some of the politics and get, get us straightened out. There are, you know, so many, so many good bills that are passed. And that's where we need to spend our money is on the bills that are passed that are you know, both parties, bipartisan and unanimous. Those are generally the ones that we should be doing. That other 6 8% that are just terrible bills, uh, the conservative is way over one way and the, and the progressive and liberal is way over on the other way. You know, those things maybe should be shelved a little bit until we can, can deal with them better and pay for them better. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Let's put our money where it really needs to be and really help the poor, the people that need to be helped. I, I, I get so disgusted. I've gone there for one thing, and that's to help my district and help the impoverished in our district. And for me to just look at what they're doing and adding more to the to the poor and impoverished, uh, that's not what I went for. And I, I'm hoping that people will listen to us better and, and, and maybe we can get it switched around. Uh, not, not maybe. We're going to just keep praying that we can. Illinois State Representative Paul Jacobs, our guest today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Will. Always a pleasure.